Good morning. What a special day it is to celebrate our seniors. They have worked so hard to reach this, this point, and as we know, the work isn't over, but this milestone is huge. And today, we want to acknowledge our seniors and say, great work. All the hard work has paid off, and now, finally, you are able to embark on a new journey, new beginnings, new places, new opportunities. As Christians, we live for newness. That's our hope. That's our future. We, and we want to experience and be made new. And seniors, you are about to step into a whole giant pool, giant pool of newness, and into a lot of unknown. As times like this, we ask ourselves, when will it ever go back to what it was? When will things go back to normal? For you seniors, the normal is in the past. And all you can do is look to what God has for you in the future. Shouldn't that be what we all do, though? Shouldn't we all be looking to what God has for us in the future, not just look to what's behind us? Francie, my wife, shared this quote with me. We will not go back to normal. Normal never was. Our pre-corona existence was not normal, other than we normalized greed, inequity, exhaustion, depletion, extraction, disconnection, confusion, rage, hoarding, hate, and lack. We should not long to return, my friends. We are being given the opportunity to stitch a new garment, one that fits all of humanity and nature. What if, what if God has something new and greater for us in the future? What if God is restoring us as a, as a people? What if God is wanting to direct or redirect our vision on something new not rather than on the normal. I've been asked multiple times from seniors, what advice do you have for me? And I want to give some advice, but I don't want this just to be for our seniors. I want this to be for everybody that's listening in because all of us are facing something new. A parable that keeps coming to my mind as I was preparing for today, and I strongly believe this is a passage that the Holy Spirit has laid on my heart for a reason. And it's the parable of the sower in chapter 4, if you have, or Mark chapter 4. If you have your Bible with you, please open it to Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake while the people were along the shore at the water's edge. He taught them many things by parables, and in his teaching he said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain." Some, or still, other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a fruit, or a crop. Some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. Then Jesus said, whoever has ears to ear, let them hear. Now, if you continue to read on, Jesus explains the parable because the disciples were not quite understanding 
why he kept speaking in parables? Why was he teaching uh, with stories? And he explains it pretty quick, clearly. The meaning is very evangelistic. The farmer is the sower of the word. Sometimes the seed will fall on good ground for it to take root, but most of the time it's going to land on deaf ears, on bad ground. Now, I'm not going to stand here and argue with Jesus about what the meaning of the parable was, because that would be dumb. Um, but I do believe that God's Word is living, is active, sharper than any uh, double-edged sword. I believe that God's Word is so powerful that it can speak to you and me differently and yet have the same impact. Yes, as, the fo- as followers of Jesus, we are all sowers of God's Word. We are the representation of Christ, and collectively we are His body. But if we are not careful, we can also be sowers of many other things as well, such as hate, bitterness, gossip, debauchery, drunkenness, evil, sin. My advice to seniors is to take notice of what you're sowing and where you are sowing it. Do you realize that the way you live your life now impacts how others see you? how they see the church, how they see Jesus. Every one of us scatter seeds every single day. From what we post on our social media, and yes, adults, I'm speaking to you as well, to every word that comes out of our mouth, from our actions, how we spend our time, through our prayers, and even, and even with our thoughts, we sow seeds, whether good or bad, every day. But do we know where they are falling? I've had moments in my life where I thought I was doing something good. For sure I had good intentions, but nothing good came from it. I could definitely ask uh, or speak to that about my friendships or my relationships in the past. I would pour all of my energy in, in producing or planting seeds in a relationship that really was just a rocky surface. If you want to determine where you are sowing your seeds, ask yourself this question. Where do I spend all my time and my energy? Who am I giving it to? Am I growing? Am I seeing growth personally? Or is it hindering me from growing? My second piece of advice would be to nourish the good seeds that you sow. We know for seeds to grow and to flourish into the plant that it was created to be, the seeds need proper nourishment. It needs the proper amount of sunlight, the right amount of water, oxygen, temperature, the right soil. And just as the seed, we also need nourishment. We need to nourish our souls, our hearts, our minds. We need to take the time every day to invest in taking care of our souls by resting in the promises of God. Matthew 4, 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So often we rely on ourselves, thinking all I need is X, Y, and Z, and then I'm set. 
All I need is this big meal to satisfy my hunger. But yet there is a far greater hunger within us that we realize that the world just cannot satisfy. The Holy Spirit is our helper, our comforter, our counselor. How often do you take time out of your day to seek Him for help? To seek Him for comfort? To seek Him for counsel? So often we find ourselves trying to water and nourish the seeds that are on the rocky surfaces, and all we're doing is just wasting time. I remember I had an essay for a history class in college, and I will just say, I love and I admire history. I'm just not good at it. Like, I I want to be good at it, but I'm not, right? I'm also not good at taking essays. So I knew for me to do good on this test, I had to study my butt off. And I remember I really wanted to do good. I studied this one section that I really thought was going to be on the exam. I couldn't, I can't tell you what I studied, but I studied super hard. And I walked in with confidence. I was, man, I had my chest held high. I was ready to do this. I felt victorious before even the test came in front of me. And then she gave me the test. Well, I will say that everything I studied was not on the test. I failed miserably. Um, I wasted my time. That could be the same thing for us if we're not careful. We need to nourish our souls. We need to nourish our heart and our mind. But we need to nourish it to the one that that it belongs to. Your heart, your mind... And soul belongs to Christ. So it just makes sense for us to nourish your heart, your mind, and your soul with Christ. My last piece of advice would be to trust and abide in the process. Josh, our wonderful worship leader, he used to be my roommate um, before I got married a few months ago. And he has this little plant. It's a little, it's cute. Um, and he likes plants, and so he, he ended up giving it to us, and he just said, hey, put an ice cube in it like once a week. Well, he might have said once a day. I'm not exactly sure, but we water it at least once a week. Um, and I'm not going to lie, it was going well. But something recently just happened to the plant. I don't know what happened, and it's not looking so good. And we're trying to get it going. And I'm sorry, Josh, that you're finding out about this now. But growth requires a process. You need to give it the proper nourishment. And you also have to trust in the process and keep doing it. And he, but here's where we struggle. I'm attending church and surrounding myself with Christian community. I'm spending time in prayer, reading scripture, and yet to quote the Psalms, my soul feels downcast. I'm going through the process, and yet I feel, I feel down. I feel weak. I Google this question, what does a seed need to do to grow? And the first answer that popped up said, some germinate better in full light, while others require darkness. Sometimes for us to experience the, the beauty of light, and I know this is may, pain, may be painful, but we have to walk through darkness. 
We have to trust that in the middle of the process, God is working in and, and He's doing something through us. He's strengthening us through our weakness. And let us not forget the part of the process of a especially taking care of plants. And it's painful for us. It's the pruning part. To remove what is dead so that something new may grow. If we continually nourish our souls and trust in the process, over time, transformation will take place. And we have to trust and put our hope and look to the future that new life will spring up. Let us pray. Dear Jesus God, thank you for all that you do. God, we, we are so grateful for the newness that you've offered us. We are so grateful for our seniors, God, that you have given them um, a, a, a great opportunity to, to do something new and that you're going to bless their lives in the future. So God, we ask that you uh, watch over their lives, and God, that you be with them in this time. God, for everyone that's listening in, God, I pray that you uh, meet them in their home. Meet them in this place, God. Speak to them and speak truth to them. God, may that you do something new in their lives. God, we trust you. We love you. In your name, amen. Our seniors are very special to us. And I asked them a question. And, I want, and I'm going to give them the opportunity to share. What does your relationship with Christ offer that the world doesn't? Let's listen to the response and continue in a time of worship.